Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. I want to speak to you today about woe, yo, go. Woe, yo, go. Um, and we're going to start off today with a new story. There was a pair, a pair of tourists sank their car Saturday, uh, several Saturdays ago, after following their GPS into an, a Hawaiian boat harbor. The driver and her passenger riding in a silver Dodge Caravan were reportedly following their onboard navigation as it led them into Kalua Kona's Hanakua Small Boat Harbor. This is, yes, thank you for throwing that up there. I think they must have taken their eyes off the road for a second, and I think everyone is a bit shocked because we saw their car go into the harbor, Christy Hutchinson, a witness, told Hawaiian News Now. Video shows the vehicle beginning to sink, as you see, right into the Hawaiian waters as a driver and her passengers are still buckled into their seats. Hutchinson continued, it took us a second to figure out what was going on because they didn't seem panicked or have any sense of urgency to get out of the car. What? Maybe they were from Oklahoma and they were smoking something. Um, We got plenty of those places now, right? Footage captures locals calling out seemingly to the oblivious couple as their vehicle's front end submerges further and further into the sea. Eventually, bystanders managed to swim over to the pair of motorists and help them escape the SUV before it was completely submerged. No one was hurt in the incident, and the car was later towed out of the harbor. So, how did this happen? I have so many questions. You have so many questions if there aren't answers to in this story, and we don't have time for it. But how did this happen? And I think the, the eyewitness kind of gave us a, a little bit of a peek into how this happened. They took their eyes off the road for just a moment, right? They got distracted for just a moment. And you've done this, right? Your cell phone, cell phones are the worst things when you're driving, right? And you look at your phone, you look at a message, you look at Facebook. Some of you, you're on Facebook and social media while you're driving. Stop that, right? Stop it, right? And you take your eyes off the road and you're like, oh, you know, like how did, how did I get here? It was simple how they got there. They got distracted for a moment and it led them to a place they never thought they would end up. And can I tell you, the same is true for our lives. When we lose focus, now you see why I'm the hypocrite right now. You're like, yeah, he sucks at this. Um, when you lose focus and you get distracted for just a moment, it can lead you into a place where you're going, how did I get here? How how did I wind up here? And we get busy living for the distraction. And we're going, I don't even remember how this happened, and I don't remember how I got this busy doing all this stuff that I'm really not happy that I'm doing in the first place. And we're kind of just surviving like this couple. We're just sitting in our distraction and busyness like this couple was sitting in their Dodge Caravan in the middle of the water. You're like, why aren't you doing something to get out of this place? Like, why aren't you doing? They were like, how'd I get here? And some of us, that's exactly us. How'd I get here? We're not trying to do anything to change it. We're getting distracted, and we're getting busy, and as a result, we have become our own worst enemy 
by the distractions that are hitting our life and the tempo at which we are living our life. And I want to let you know this today. When you are distracted and busy, you become your own worst enemy. When you allow yourself to become distracted and busy, you become your own worst enemy. Because when we get distracted by what isn't necessary, it's not long before we get consumed and busy with what isn't necessary. Right? When we get distracted by what isn't necessary, it's not long before we get busy doing what isn't necessary. And here's the problem with busyness. The problem with busyness is it's like a badge of honor in our culture. Right? It's like, oh, you're busy. You must be important. And we have equated busyness with importance. We've equated busyness equals significance. And so the last time, when you were talking to people in the lobby, how are you doing? Oh, man, busy. Slammed. Slammed. Like the better the adjective, the more important we are. Right? The bigger... I am absolutely overwhelmed. Oh man, tell me about it. And we're not like, what are you doing, dummy? Right? We're like, why are you living life this way? Why are you in this water in a caravan sinking and just standing there? Right? That's what we're doing. We're like, oh, cool. What's going on? Right? Like, tell me, because it has taken this place that it's a badge of honor that now we're important because we're busy. And we're living in a chaotic, busy, distracted world. And when you read through the Bible, God never used chaos and confusion as a blessing, but he used it oftentimes as a weapon against Israel's enemies. And many of us, our life is chaotic and confusing. And if you read through the Bible, God's a God of order. So the question is, how do we get out of the caravan that is sinking? Right? How, how do we not just be our own worst enemy? Because here's what I can tell you, busyness doesn't prove significance. An activity doesn't equal productivity. A busy and distracted life many times is a barren life. For some of us, we're staying busy and we're staying distracted so we don't have to deal with what's really going on. Right? Some of us, we're staying busy because that's the only way we know how to survive life so we don't have to deal with what's really going on. And you staying distracted and you staying busy ain't making the issues go away. You're just getting in your own way. And so how do we not get in our own way? There's, there's this passage of scripture that is perfect for Mother's Day. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42 is a story of two sisters, right? Martha and Mary. And we usually call them Mary and Martha. That's wrong. Because in the Bible, it says Martha and Mary. Meaning that Martha is probably the oldest because she is listed first. She's the owner of the house. So she is back in biblical times. Thank God that's not true right now. Um, the oldest was the most important. Um, now, if you are an oldest sibling here, my older sister is with me today. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law who are pastors in Longview. So I'm glad they're here today. Um, you know, most of the time, you are the one that keeps everything running. And you're orderly why the, the baby of the family is just like, what's going on, right? Um, that's very true when it comes to us. Uh, my sister is very orderly, and I'm like, what's up, right? I look like the couple that's been smoking something. In Luke chapter 10, it says this. The Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village, and when they got there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. It's important. This is Martha's idea to welcome him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat down in front of the Lord 
and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. And finally, she went to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her. You tell her, God. Get her, Jesus, right? (laughs) Some of you have made the prayer, those prayers. Go get him, Jesus. Tell her to come and help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, right? You are worried and upset about so many things but only one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen what is best and it will not be taken away from her. So here's what I want us to do. We're gonna stay at this this passage of scripture for a little bit. I want us to pay attention to something because it always blows my mind as, as we go back, whose idea was it to invite Jesus to her house? Martha, right? It was Martha's idea to invite Jesus and his posse into her house. It was Martha's idea to make Thanksgiving meal, right? She makes this big meal for Jesus and Mary didn't offer to help. It wasn't Mary's idea. And it's Martha that is distracted by all that she has to do. It's Martha that's losing and missing out on the main thing. She's got Jesus in her house and yet she's missing out on the significance of Jesus being in her home. Why? Because she's getting distracted. Like it says, Martha was distracted because she was worried about all that had to be done. Mamas, doesn't that describe you? You are so distracted by everything that has to be done because here's the truth. We aren't going to help you. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? I don't know. That's a great question. I tell Casey that all the time. I don't know, babe. That is a good point. If you don't do it, I don't know who's going to do it, right? Martha's the one that invites Jesus into the house, and yet it's Martha that is irritated. She's angry. She's upset. Why? Because Martha's distracted and pulled away by all she has to do. And can I tell you, when you get distracted, it's not long before you get irritated. When you get distracted from what truly is important and truly is key and truly fundamental for you, and that is being in the presence of Jesus. Martha got so busy doing for Jesus that she forgot to be with Jesus. And man, we do that so many times. We will do and we will do and we will do, but if we forget to be, it, will be, it won't be very long that we forget why we're doing in the first place. Man, some of us, we are great doers, but we're horrible beers. And when that happens, you get irritated, you get cranky, you get mad, and you start comparing. Because you're getting busy, right? Because distraction always leads to busyness. And Martha gets busy doing all these things that it doesn't have to be done, right? She gets busy, and it's not long before she's full of anxiety and stress instead of joy and peace. And here's what happens. Martha starts comparing. In her busyness and distractions, she starts comparing what she is doing and what Mary is doing. And she's like, well, it must be nice to be Mary, right? Must be nice to just sit on your rear and listen to Jesus. It must be nice to have time to have a quiet time. It must be nice to have a devotion. It must be nice just to sit there and have everybody take care of all the meals and the cleaning and all this stuff. And she gets upset and she's like, well, it must be nice. And we do the same thing. Well, it must be nice to go on vacation. It is. (laughs) Asked somebody that went recently, it is. It's awesome to go on vacation. You should try it sometime. Be less cranky and irritable. 
It must be nice to have kids that help around the house. It must be nice to have kids that function normally. It must be nice to have a husband at home. It must be nice to have a wife at home. It must be nice. And we start comparing. And Martha gets to this place that she's comparing, she's comparing, she's upset, she's upset, that finally she gets Jesus involved. That's a novel idea. Get Jesus involved at the first part instead of the last part when you've gotten. She's like, Jesus, doesn't it bother you? It bothers me. Doesn't it bother you? My sister's just sitting here on her butt listening to you and not helping me. And you know what Jesus does? Jesus says, you know what, Martha, you're right. Mary, get off your butt, get in the kitchen and start making me some food, woman. No. He says Martha's name twice which means Martha's worked up. You ever been that place? Well, I have. I have. Casey's had to say my name a couple of times to get my attention, Justin. Justin, Justin, don't do it. It's a dumb idea. She says that all the time. That is not wise. Don't be your own worst enemy right now. And Jesus isn't just saying Martha once. It's like Martha, Martha, pay, pay attention. Martha, right? You are worked up by so many things, but Mary has chosen what is best, and it won't be taken from her. And Jesus brings focus, and Jesus brings, man, into perspective what truly is important for Martha. And it's not living this distracted, busy life. It is making sure that you live life the way that God has commanded you to live it out. Now, most of us, as we came in, we had coffee, right? And if you were like me, you fill your coffee pretty full, but you don't fill it all the way to the brim like that. There's a little bit more space. We can make this work, right? Now, I do this in the morning when I'm at home. I I fill it pretty full. And I walk really slowly to the couch, and I'm like, I hope my dogs don't bump into me. I've got my creamer, I've got it ready, and I walk carefully, and I'm watching where I'm going. And I sit down on my couch, and I just, there's no TV on, and I'm just, I'm quiet, and it's peaceful, and I'm like, oh, so good. Life is good. Life is good, right? But here's what happens. Every once in a while, the dog bumps into me. There's a little bit of a mess. And I'm like, Dad, gummit, Bader, stop it. Why'd we get this dumb dog, right? Can't you give me five minutes? Casey, your dog's bothering me, right? It's totally my dog. Totally my dog. Uh, spill it on me. What, do, you, do you have to make the coffee so hot, Casey? <laughs> you know, like, it's, I totally lose all reason, right? I, I get into the car, and I fill it up full, and we're walking, and I hit a bump, and, and you know, it spills out, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just need a towel after this. It just, it spills out everywhere, and I'm like, do they even care about the roads in Tulsa? What are you doing with my tax dollars, right? Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Because this makes no sense. It's your fault. No, you know whose fault it is? My fault. It's your fault. Why? Because we didn't put any space in our coffee like cup. We didn't leave any room for there to be bumps. And can I tell you, there are going to be bumps in life. There are going to be unexpected moments in life. And when you say so busy and when you say so distracted, it keeps your life full where there is no margin and there is no room and there is no space. And when everything starts flowing out, 
and everything starts getting interrupted and your schedule gets bumped and unexpected things happen and you get bumped and things start spilling out, you get cranky, you get irritable because you've been living life distracted and busy and you've become your own worst enemy. So what do we do? If we're not gonna be our own worst enemy, we've got to learn to make space to slow the pace. We gotta make space to slow the pace. And, and let me ask you a question. Are you running your schedule or is your schedule running you? Because one thing or the other is happening. And if you are not running your schedule, what I can promise you without even looking at your phone, or some of you, my wife still uses like a paper calendar, think of that, like ink and everything, right? Like, like some of you without even looking at your schedule, if you answer this question, if you are not in charge of your schedule, what I could tell you without even looking at your phone, without even looking at your life, without even looking at your bank account, without even looking at your habits, is that your schedule is running you. It's true. And what a foolish way for you and I to live. You would look at somebody else's life and be like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta, you gotta run your schedule. Don't let your schedule run you. Well, what makes our schedule run us? What, what comes in and makes us, uh, that we allow ourselves to have no room in our schedule and that it just runs us and we're going, I don't have time, I don't have time. And this happened and ah, right? Like, and, and when something happens, it goes crazy. Can I tell you, I'm awful at this. I am horrible at what I am telling you right now. Friday, Friday, this was not in my notes, so I get more time. Um, Friday, we're, we got graduation party yesterday for Chloe. We got graduation parties to go to. We're getting everything ready. Everything's going. Friday, Charlie calls and she's like, hey dad, I think I have a flat. Are you kidding me right now? And it's not Charlie didn't do anything. She just ran over screw. I'm like, hey, where you at? I'm coming to meet you. And I went and met her and like, I'm like, oh, I do not have time right now, right? I didn't get cranky with her. I'm just like irritated, right? You know what I'm talking about? You're not irritated at anybody or anyone. You're just irritated. You're mad. You're cranky. And so Casey's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just don't, I don't want to talk right now. I'm fine, right? And so went and got it fixed. Can I tell you, when we don't allow space, it doesn't slow our pace. But when you and I are intentional about slowing our when we are intentional about making space, it slows our pace at which we are living life. So what makes us have a pace of life and not have any space in our life? Here's the number one thing I would tell you. Unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. And can I tell you, most of the time your unrealistic expectation comes from you comes from myself. It's, I could care less what other people's expectations are of me besides my family. Like you don't, you have no clue. But I know what my expectations are of me. So, so let's get into my dirty little habit here. We're a church of about 12, 1,500 people now. Do you know what my expectation is? It's totally unrealistic. I expect to know every single one of your names. There's no way. If you met me, I met a group of like 10 people this morning. I'm like, I got no idea of one name that I just met. It's not because I don't want to. It's because my brain can't handle it anymore. Like it's, it's, it's ADD, it's overflow. It's like, you know, it's just like, it's done. But, but it doesn't mean that I don't expect myself to know everybody's name. 
I expect that if I do better and if I'm a good enough pastor that the church will grow and that if I'm not good enough, then it won't grow and God won't bless it. Can I tell you, I know, I know, here, I don't need you to come up and say, Justin, that is messed up theology. I know it. I know. And I am all about performance-based relationship with God and I have to fight it and I have to fight it and I have to fight it. But I tell you, mamas, you aren't any different. Well, if I'm a good enough mama, then my kids will turn out good. If you miss one event, if you miss one moment, oh, my, my kids, what's going to happen? What's going to, they're going to be okay? Shoot, I grew up in daycare in the early 80s. Look at me. <laughs> Maybe a bad example, but look at me. You know? Your kids are going to be okay if you miss one sporting event. But, but we put so many, it's not anybody else's expectations. And don't, if you've got a special needs kid, you've got a kid with autism, oh man, if, if I'm mom hard enough, I can make up for, for this. If I'm mom hard enough, then, then, then they're going to be just fine. And we put unrealistic, all the single moms out there. Man, you know what? If I mom hard enough, they're never going to miss having a dad. They're never going to miss having a man in their life. And we put unrealistic expectations that there's no way you can live up to. It's like me trying to live up to my unrealistic expectations. And as a result, we have no space in our life, and we have no pace in our life, and our life is just going around like this. And we're cranky and we're upset and we're mad and there's no joy and there's no peace and our kids don't want to be around us and other people don't want to be around us because the fruit of the Spirit isn't evident. It's not being lived out in our life. Panic and stress and worry and anxiety is ruling and running our schedule in our life because you and I have put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Don't mind the whole habits of when we start comparing ourselves and our kids to other people and their kids, our lives to their lives. And in Galatians chapter six, verse four through five, it says this, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourselves to anyone else. I love this last sentence, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. We're responsible for our own life. We're responsible for our own schedule. We're responsible for making space in our lives so that there can be a pace that is sustainable to our life. And I love what Priscilla Shirer said. She says, you will have enough time, energy, resources, and anointing to do everything God asks and expects of you. But you won't have enough time, energy, resources, and anointing to do everything everyone else asks and expects you to do. I tell you, it's true. God has given you enough time, energy, talent, resources, and anointing to do what he's called you to do. But when you start getting distracted by everything else you expect, the unrealistic expectations and the comparison that you put in, you will never be able to keep up. I've got a good buddy. His name's Nate Gormley. Some of you have heard him. He's gotten really big into racing lately. Um, he's not like an Olympic sprinter, but he's, I mean, he's fast, right? And he does all these marathons and all the, in fact, he qualified for the Boston Marathon he's doing later this year. And he went and did the Tulsa run, and this is actually where this coffee mug came from. Um, he did a 15K in under an hour. I can't drive a 15K in under an hour, right? Like, I don't know how he ran 
a 15K in under an hour. And I was like, Nate, how'd you do this? Like, like tell me like all this stuff and tell me about pace setters. And he's like, you mean pacers? I'm like, yeah, I think I called him a pacemaker at first. He's like, no, 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 they're pacers. Um, and he said this, he goes, um, I asked him about pace setters. He says, they're people who come along, run along, a, let me try that again. There are people who come run alongside you and help you keep a certain pace so that you finish a race by a certain time. He said some people who were pacers came up to him and said, if you wanna finish in under an hour, hang next to us and we will get you there. They told Nate when to push hard and when to pick up his pace, when to dial it back so he had some energy left in the tank because there were difficult parts coming up and even when to stop and get some rest and water. Nate said this, I love this, if I had been on my own, I never would have made my time and finished like I wanted. And can I tell you, this is exactly what the Holy Spirit does for you and me. He is, and it's our last point, the Holy Spirit is the space maker and pace setter for your life and my life. Because some of us, we're going here, we're, we're here. I hear what you're saying, Justin, I hear the distraction, I hear the busyness, I don't know how. That's fine, I don't know how. But the Holy Spirit does. And he knows how to guide you in all truth. He knows how to lead you in a way where you're not getting in your own way, where you're not your own worst enemy, and he's leading you into a wiser way to live. So, so it's not that we're, when you're doing a race, the adrenaline and the emotions kick up and you try to just, oh, I'm gonna run this race so fast. No, 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 dial it back, just like a pacer's there. You're not trying to keep up with the pack. That's why a pacer's there. They're telling you, hey, there, you're gonna need some energy coming up because you're getting ready to hit a hard season of this race. That's why a pacer there. Can I tell you, that's why the Holy Spirit is there. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us in three ways. Woe, yo, and go. <clears throat> it's found in the King James Version. Woe, yo, and go. And for me, this is the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me. When the Holy Spirit says, whoa, this means stop. Stop. Justin, whoa. You are going too fast and you are not able to sustain the pace at which you are living. And can I tell you, nothing brings space to your life like no. Nothing brings more peace to your life than when the Holy Spirit says no. And if you don't listen to the no of woe, man, you're gonna keep going and you're gonna pay the price of burnout, you're gonna pay the price of feeling inadequate, you're gonna pay the price of being grumpy and cranky, and moms, guess who the kids don't wanna be around when you're irritable, cranky, and mean? Why? Because you're trying to sustain a pace that you can't sustain. And there's no space in your life, so there's no margin in your life, and you're living at a pace you were never called to go. And for some of you, the Holy Spirit is saying this today. Whoa. Whoa. Just stop. You don't have to be enough because he is. Right? You don't have to be everything because he is. So let me be the space maker and pace setter for your life. And for some of us today in this place, you need a woe moment. You need a no moment. Whatever that little kid, whoever that little kid's mama, what's your mama say all the time? No. Um, that's what the Holy Spirit's saying to some of us today is no. Proverbs 22.3 says this, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. And how do you learn to avoid it? You listen to the woe of the Holy Spirit, the woe that is no. Second thing is this, is that he says, yo, right? Yo, yo, ho, yo, which means hold up. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yo, wait, stop. 
You're not to go, you're not to stop. I just need you to wait. I just, I need you to have a yo moment. Like, wait up. And so many times we get lazy in the yo moments, in the waiting moments, don't we? And we think, oh, waiting's unnecessary. Oh, waiting isn't, nothing's happening in the waiting. Can I tell you, your waiting season is your preparation season. So don't waste the waiting. Right, don't, don't waste the waiting. Some of you, Satan can't destroy you, so he's just gonna distract you. And, and God's just saying this, Holy Spirit's just saying, yo, wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Right, and you're never going to regain your strength if you don't first learn the yo of waiting. You gotta wait on the Holy Spirit because he is preparing you because he knows the journey ahead is hard. And can I tell you, when we were building this building, and it took almost around a year, right? It wasn't too long, it was too long in my mind, but it was about the right amount of time that it takes to build a building. When it was going up, I wasn't like, well, we're just gonna waste this season and not prepare. No, we were preparing for the next season this church was going to be experiencing. There was a preparation that was happening. And don't waste the waiting, the yo season of your life because God is wanting to prepare something in you and then there is the go. Like there's the woe, there's the yo, and then there is the go, which means go, get started already, get working already. Can I tell you one thing I really believe? Some of us, the reason we stay busy over things that don't matter, and we just stay distracted by things that don't matter, is so that we don't have to start and engage in things that do, because we're scared. Because as long as I'm busy with the distracted things and the busy things, I don't have to engage in the God things that he's commanded me to do where that takes faith. And there's some unsure moments that, well, well, what if I fail? What if you don't? What if a God doesn't show up? What if he does? Right? Like, like it takes faith. And I gotta tell you, you're called to live a God-sized life that it takes God to intervene and be a part of your story in order to accomplish all that God wants to do. And for some of you, that means it's time for you to go. It's time for you to get off your rear and go. Some of us, we've been praying about the one thing for 10 years. Stop already. Like you, you know what you are called to do. It, this is your go moment. You got plenty of space, there ain't nothing in your cup no more. There's nothing to spill out. Go, go, go. Like the light is green. It has been over two seconds at the stoplight of your journey. God is honking. The Holy Spirit is honking. He's like, oh, and he's laying. It's not a paw. It's not like a, it is a long, mean one this morning. You know what I'm talking about? Whoa. It is your go moment. The Bible says this, Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. It's never gonna be perfect. It's never gonna be ideal. Go anyways, what if I fail? Go anyways. Doesn't mean that it's not gonna be hard, go anyways. It doesn't mean that you're gonna succeed, go anyways. It doesn't mean the church is not gonna be sacrificed, go anyways. It doesn't mean that it's not gonna be scary, go anyways, because what I can tell you is when the Holy Spirit's in charge of your life, he will lead you in places you never could have gone in your own. And in the moment that he is leading you, if you will keep listening to the woe and the yo and the go, he will give you a sustainable pace that always creates space so that you're not your own worst enemy at the tempo you are living life with and burning out 
And that, it's a way better way to live. And I'm learning that with you so that I'm not and you're not your own worst enemy. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. And God, I, I just pray right now that you would be with us in this place. Lord, Lord I, know, I know you're with us. Let me change that. That we would be open to you today. Because, Lord, some of us were already making excuses of why our life looks the way it does. It's what we do. We get defensive. It's what I do. I get defensive. When the sermon's at me, I don't like it. I get defensive. I've been defensive all week. And I can make my reasons sound really great. But, Lord, there's a pace that I'm living at I can't sustain. There's a pace some of us are living at we can't sustain. So, Lord, I pray today that we wouldn't be our own worst enemy by just going on and staying distracted and staying busy. Well, that's like staying in that Dodge Caravan. We're just sinking. We're not doing anything to get out. Lord, I pray that we would realize there's a better way for you and me to live. And that's how you've outlined in your word. And that's letting the Holy Spirit be the pace setter for our life. So God, I pray, give us ears to hear the woe moments, the no moments. Give us the obedience to obey the yo moments and not waste them. And give us the faith for the go moments. Because Lord, you don't want us to live a life of confusion and chaos. You're a God of order, a God of production. And so Lord, I pray that you would produce your fruit of the spirit that is love and joy and peace patience in our lives. And Lord, that becomes evident and that becomes fruitful in our lives when we follow you and we put you in charge of our schedule and our life. So Lord, move. Work in us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.